Walker cycles to Kopitar. Back into the circle for Walker. Wrap around! Scores! And Walker does get his first NHL goal! Stuffing it past the skate! You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the LA Kings. He goes to Ventura. Both teams, here we go! Stretch pass. It's Brown to win it! He scores! Happy New Year! Kings win in overtime! Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. Never miss an episode by subscribing today. Subscription links and recent episodes can be found at lakings.com slash podcast. Well, it is 2019 and we are back. Apologize for the long hiatus. I hope you all had a safe and satisfying New Year's celebration. We've reached the halfway mark of this NHL season, so I thought we'd break down the team into goaltenders, defense, and forwards, get some perspective on each group from the people that know the position the best. First up, Dusty Emu on the Kings goaltenders. Joining me now, part of the Kings goalie brain trust, Dusty Emu. How are you doing today, Dusty? Great, great. Um, one of the real bright spots in an unfortunately dim season has been the play of the Kings goalies this season, and surprising everybody, I think, was Cal Peterson. Uh, what can you say about his uh, sort of explosion onto the NHL stage? Well, I can't say I'm as surprised. You know, I was confident and hopeful that he would uh, – shine in in his whenever he did get his opportunity i i think uh a lot of people maybe were were surprised how quickly uh he managed to to look so comfortable so quickly but uh yeah i can't say i was surprised i i I had belief in him right from the get-go at the end of last season uh after being eliminated from the playoffs uh coach stuthers adamantly said that Cal Peterson was the best goalie in the American Hockey League. It's sort of a weird jump from the AHL to the NHL. Numbers don't always translate. But how early did you know, um, and what was it about his game that made you so confident that he would be able to make that leap? Um, you know, he, you know, technically, you know, from a goaltending standpoint, you know, he's really good. He does all kinds of great things, uh, you know, from a from a technical aspect, but the the biggest thing that I thought would be to his advantage moving forward is his uh, his mental state and his his ability to process everything and not get too rattled by anything. The phrase people uh, use, sort of time and time again, to describe uh, goalies that that perform under pressure is ice water in the veins. You know cool cool under pressure is yeah. is he that kind of player yeah it's funny Cal and I were just talking about this today because I I know him really well now and I, I, there's a difference between what people see and how he portrays himself and how he actually is he is actually a very fierce competitor and gets pissed about stuff just like anybody else but he, he purposely has kind of evolved and realized that it's important to stay calm and cool to get the best out of himself. So he, he purposely, for example, stands still, you know, he, you could tell he's like a, a statue after he makes a save and he's waiting for the, the ref to come get the puck from his mitt and he doesn't move, but it's purposely done because 
he he likes to portray that, but it also helps him play better hockey. Was that something that you worked into his game, or did he have that already nope. built in when he got there? No, he already had that. He already had that. I <laughs> I can't take credit for that. <laughs> he, uh, you know, I you know I help reel it in maybe sometimes when maybe he if I feel he might be uh, you know something might be getting to him or or a game might be going off the rails a little bit, like which happened a lot this year at the beginning of the year in Ontario in the American league. Cause you know, the, the, the team is a lot younger and inexperienced. And so there were many nights where he was getting shelled, but no, I can't take credit for that. <laughs> um, Jonathan quick, notably the exact opposite. I would say of Peterson in that respect, he's pushing people and, you know, taking hacks at them and, and uh, gets upset if anybody's in there in his crease. Uh, what do the two have in common, um, given that they're temperamentally so different? They both know how how to focus on on the task at hand, and regardless of how they portray themselves, like you said, Quickie is a little more emotional about things, but they are very focused individuals. Uh, so they're very similar in that sense, and they're. Equally as competitive, I do know that. Quick gets a lot of credit for being a tremendous locker room guy and a leader on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, is that the sort of thing that Peterson has uh, in him, or, or could he evolve into? Well, most definitely. One of his best assets. And, you know, they don't do it in the same way. Um, but Jack is the same. They, they're unreal locker room guys uh, in different ways. But uh, he he possesses that. He possessed that before he even came to us. You mentioned Jack Campbell. I, I feel I feel so, I felt so bad for Jack when he got hurt earlier this season because mm-hmm. everybody knows you know he he gets drafted by Dallas. There's a ton of uh, potential in him, and his career doesn't maybe get the start that people had hoped. Um, but then he comes here and he begins to have a tremendous season, and he's you know again one of the bright spots. And then he gets hurt and has to disappear. And then Peterson comes in, and now all the fans love the new shiny toy that we have to play <laughs> with. Um, but Campbell comes back; he gets, uh, you know, he gets a really unfortunate game where he played dynamite, but they wind up losing. You know, he gets no offensive support. Um, how has Campbell's season been, and and is there any end to how positive and and charming and nice he seems to be able to be? Uh, when you when you first meet him it all seems like this can't be real. <laughs> this this kid can't be that nice, but he's the genuine article, that kid. I love that guy. He's a, he's, he's that nice of a guy. And you, you, you definitely want to play for guys like that. Um, his season, his whole time since him and I have been together, um, it's been a, a treat to watch him evolve and, and uh, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. The consensus in the fan base seems to be that any three of these guys could be tabbed, you know, the starter down the stretch uh, for the next 41 games. And the team would mm-hmm. be on relatively stable ground when it comes to net minding. Um, is, is that a statement you feel comfortable with? Do you feel like any three of these guys could, mm-hmm. could, could take the reins? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think, you know, I can't speak for, for quickie um, um, as much because, you know, I, I, I've I've worked a lot more with the other two, but 
I've just tried to lay a mindset with both Jack and Cal that it, it doesn't matter whether you get one game or 10 games or, or ride a stretch or whatever you can do in your moment. You just play the best hockey you can, have fun doing it, and, and be a good teammate. And guys will ride along with you, and they'll, they'll, they'll have your back if you play from that mindset. If you play for yourself, you know, I got to play good, you know, so I can, you know, show that I can play and, and put this unwanted pressure on yourself. It, it shows in, in selfishness and, you know, the, the one you, word I always use for the boys is uh, humility and, and being grateful for your opportunities. So they, those two guys, whatever they can do for the team, um, they'll do and, and they've done and it's showing now it's coming out. Yeah, they can be, they have totally have potential to be starters, but the way they've gone about it, I think is just, um, that's what I'm most proud of, of how they've, uh, how they've come along. Um, Peterson is an all right goalie. You know, he, he, he's sort of backwards from the setup. Does that present any challenges in keeping a cohesive coaching strategy for goalies or is it tailored to each individual goalie anyway? Sorry, say that again. Well, uh, Peterson, um, he's he's right or left-handed. I, I don't know how to oh, phrase well, yeah, it, but he's, you know, he's backwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm curious if that yeah, I presents... I everything the opposite with him. No. <laughs> but, I mean, does the defense have to adjust to that? Are rebounds affected by which, you know, hand the blocker's on? Is is that something that has to be worked in, or is it, or is it all no, pretty much the I same? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. At the end of the day... If 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 the boy behind you is stopping the puck, I think they'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> so we know the uh, the three goalies we've, or I guess we've seen four this season in Kings jerseys. But I'm curious, looking forward, uh, any any signs of um, NHL potential in Cole Kaler, David Rannick, uh, Valalta, or Jacob Ingham? Any anything we should be looking forward to? Um, you know, all the kids. You know, they they're both eager and. and, and really eager to learn um they're all a ways away yet and at different stages <laughs> no they're all a little bit different but uh they're all great guys to work with um maddie Velalta, i would say you know he's he's done the most uh, you know he as far as junior is concerned um but they're both, they're all kids, you know, <laughs> they're all going through their stretches and even, even Maddie is and, and, and dealing with injuries and things like that. But uh, yeah, they, they all have potential. Um, but that's one nice thing about my job is, uh, and getting to, to work with them before they even get here is, uh, is a real advantage. But um, yeah, there's some bright spots for sure. We'll see where, where it takes them. Well, I think I speak for all Kings fans when I say thank you very much for the job you've done goaltending. <laughs> I mean, I've been a fan of this team for I don't know thirty something years, and you know, goaltending used to be a, a, a real weakness, but it's now almost the the foundation of the franchise. So, thank you very much, and thank you for your time. Oh, not a problem. Thanks for having me. Joining me now, Sean O'Donnell. How are you doing today, Sean? I'm doing good, Jesse. Thank you. I uh, hope you had a happy new year. Um, 
before we get into 2018-19 season, um, let's talk about a guy who scored his first NHL goal the other night. He scored it twice. Uh, Sean Walker. I have swiftly become a huge fan of this kid. Um, what are the positives of his game, and how likely is it, do you think, that he's got an NHL career in him? Uh, well, we'll start with the positives. I, I think that obviously, you know, the way he moves out there, this game is getting faster and faster. And, you know, uh, the defense have to be able to escape pressure. And if there's not a play there, sometimes they have to be able to uh, break out with their feet, not just the pass. And Sean Walker's a guy that can do that. He's, uh, I think the rule changes and the way the game has kind of shifted to speed um, has really helped him. Uh, you know, maybe five, six, seven years ago, when you have young D coming up, they were more kind of smash mouth type guys and uh, more kind of stay at home, hard to play against guys. And now teams are kind of shifting to their sixth and seventh and fifth guys being buck movers and being skilled guys and uh, kind of specialists. And I, I think Sean Walker has taken advantage of his uh, his opportunities playing some uh, some really good hockey. And do you, I mean, obviously it's a numbers game when it comes to roster spots and waivers and all that. Um, he's survived so far, but with Martinez coming back from the IR soon, do you think it would be helpful for him to stay up at the NHL or get more playing time in the AHL if it comes down to that choice? Well, it's tough. It's different for different people. You know, I definitely think you want to play. Um, but there comes a point where, I mean, he's only been in a year and a half and uh, pro now. Sometimes going down there and playing is good for you, but you can also develop some bad habits. Sometimes being up here and, and just practicing a lot and getting the speed of the practice and the tempo. Now, obviously, if he misses uh, six, seven, eight, nine straight games, well, then you want someone down actually playing and, and you know, absorbing hits and feeling uh, the adrenaline of the game. But I think there's also an advantage to being up here and, you know, you have, uh, you're taking two-on-ones from Kempe and Toffoli and Kovalchuk and Kopitar and Brown and those kind of guys. And, and I think there's value to that even if it's in practice. So, you know, those are decisions that uh, the coaching staff will make. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're happy with, with Walker the last little bit. Another player that I, uh, frankly, hadn't really paid a ton of attention to prior to maybe two or three weeks ago was Oscar Fandenberg. He had a particularly good um, stretch on that road trip where they unfortunately lost a couple games and, and lost a few guys to injury. But what can you say about the evolution of Fandenberg's game in his time uh, since joining the NHL? Well, Oscar's just been, he's been solid, you know, he's, he's a guy that, uh, you know, Walker, he's got a big shot and, and his speed jumps out of you. Uh, most guys kind of have that one thing that jumps out and Oscar doesn't really have that. That's not a bad thing. It's just, he's more of a guy that is effective when you're not noticing him. He, he gets back on bucks, a very smart player. So he's positionally very sound. So a lot of times he's where he's supposed to be before the play develops and when he's playing well, he's keeping it simple. He's moving the puck up. He's following up. Uh, you know, he's letting the goaltender see the shots. And he's just being a real solid player. And, and he does have some offense. It's not going to be something I think that, uh, you know, he's uh, he's going to lean on too much. But he can surprise you and jump in offensive in the chances there. So uh, the coaching staff has shown some real um, uh, confidence and, and trust in Oscar. And I think he's responded uh, uh, to the coaching staff in the extra time. And, and I think he's he's finding his game and coming into his own. Now, a guy that I think might be, I don't know, he might have been their best player for the last three weeks. Um, he's the player with the best plus minus. I'm talking about Jake Muzzin. He was named to the World Cup uh, Canada roster a few seasons ago. And I think it caught a few people off guard. But 
over the last little stretch, I mean, he's really looked like the player that everybody sort of hoped he'd turn into. Is this a flash in the pan or, or is he turned a corner um, and is going to be this player from now on? I mean, I think, I don't think he's doing anything that he can't sustain long-term. Like he's not, you know, he's, uh, he's not doing anything that, that you look at him and you look at him as a player. I mean, he, 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 he skates well. He's a powerful skater. He's a big guy. I mean, we've all seen him deliver big hits. He's got a great shot. He makes a great first outlet pass. Uh, he might be the best on our team as far as, you know, from his own goal line, finding that guy up at the far blue line or, or at center ice and hitting in stride. Um, he's got poise for the power play. I mean, he's, uh, there's not a whole lot of weaknesses in Jake. And, and I think his, uh, his confidence is high right now. I think Sean Walker and him have found a good little niche together. You know, we'll see how long that stays. But as long as the two of them are playing this way, you know, you, you might have a pretty good pairing. But, but Jake Muzzin has really, uh, you know, really taken that, that stride, I think, leadership-wise and really taken control of his pairing. Um, you know, and it's good for him. He's, uh, he's put the time in. He's been a king for a long time. And, um, you know, all his hard work and everything now, you, you can see it paying off. I mean, he's a real leader on that back end. I was sort of surprised he wasn't named to the All-Star game, but as people have pointed out, the All-Star game is sort of an exhibition to show off your biggest stars, and if you only get one guy on the Kings, I don't think you can go wrong with naming Drew Doughty. Um, he was named to the All-Star game today. What can you say about your former defensive partner, the season he's had? There have been some strong games, some some weak games. He's struggled you know, with the with the losing this season, but what do you see out of Drew Doughty this year? Well, the thing with Drew that, that always impresses you is just his compete. I mean, there's not a game that goes by where you never go home after King's game saying, oh, that Drew, he's a, he's a dog. I just wish that he would work harder or try harder or, or you know, give us more. I mean, even when things aren't going right for him, you know you're getting every single thing he has. And he really, you know, he the highs and lows with Drew, I mean, he takes losses hard. He's as competitive guy as there is out there. And for a guy that plays – you know, a light night is 25, 26 minutes. And, and, you know, he regularly pushes 30, low 30 sometimes. So um, just what he brings and, and his durability and what he's been able to do for his, I want to say, 10 years, 9, 10 years in the league, um, it, it's just awesome to see. And, and I think we're very fortunate to, uh, you know, to have someone that's able to do the kind of things that he can do. So moving forward, we're at the halfway mark right now. Um, I've asked a bunch of people what they envision success meaning for the next 41 games. So I'll ask you, um, as it relates to the blue line, what does success look like to you for the next 41 games? Well, I mean, as a, as a defenseman, you, 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 your job is to move the puck forward and move your offense. I mean, that's really what it's like. It's, uh, you're like a quarterback and, and if you're doing your job well, I mean, certain guys, like you said, Drew Doughty on the offensive bill and Sean Walker. Now what we're seeing him do, uh, Jake Muzzin, they can do some special things on the, uh, on the offensive blue line, but that's, that's almost a bonus to really what your job is. Your job is to, uh, you know, clear that, that area in front of that, let your goaltender see it. And when you get it, make that, you know, that good first pass and, and help move your team out of your own zone and, and in the neutral zone and, and offensive zone. So, um, you know, I think the team is doing a pretty good job at that. And, um, you know, we don't want to spend a lot of time on our own end. And I, and I think it starts with the blue line, getting back, making those good plays. And it's a lot more fun to play in the offensive zone than it is your own zone. <laughs> Truer words, eh? Thank you very much for your time, Sean. Appreciate it as always. All right. Thanks, guys. You take care.
Joining me now, King's Color commentator, you know him, you love him, Jim Fox. How are you doing today, Jim? Doing great, Jesse. Thanks very much. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, So let's get into the forwards. We're 41 games into the season. We're halfway through. I have a tendency to single out um, second, third line players and and really fall in love with them. This year, it's Matt Luff. Uh, Am I crazy or is there something about his game that stands out to you as being particularly praiseworthy? No, I, I think there's something that stands out. Uh, first of all, you know, the scouting report on Matt was that he had a great shot. Having said that, uh, you know, not necessarily a prolific scorer. Uh, but I think what he's shown so far, and maybe it's what has stood out to you, is his decisiveness when he gets into a shooting or scoring situation. I've been so impressed with his ability to, you know, receive a pass, pick a corner on breakaways. He has go-to moves, and when he goes to it, he commits 100%. And, you know, it's worked so far, and I think that's one thing that really stands out to me, that you can just kind of see a kid who's trying to figure out how to play in the NHL in a lot of different aspects, but when it comes to the most difficult part, the scoring aspect, he goes 100%, and I love that about him. Earlier in the year, you and I were talking about the league, and you were saying that uh, the phrase you used, which I, I hadn't heard yet and I love, is, that um, the focus is is on scoring more and on defending. I forget now. Now that I'm trying to quote you, I'm forgetting exactly how you phrased it. But that the emphasis was on scoring more, not necessarily on defense. Do you think that <clears throat> Luff's decisiveness is itself a skill that is um, hard to find in the NHL? Maybe. Well, you know what? That's that's a good point. I, I, I've asked him about his breakaway moves, and he definitely says he has moves that he goes to and he practices. So. You know, that is a skill set. And I think we've seen that now since the shootout situation has been around for a long period of time and kids get to experience at different levels, at lower levels. I think it becomes part of the game and it becomes part of the preparation. And they have those go-to moves. And I think that's one thing that stands out with Matt. And once he gets in that situation, you know, it's not always going to work. But, you know, his read off the puck has been really good. That's the way he's been able to get some breakaways. You know, he says it's simple for him as far as he has to just, you know, finish checks, get in on the forecheck, and that's his game to stay in the lineup. But, uh, you know, you have to have some finish. You've got to have finish throughout your lineup. Uh, I think maybe more than any other year, just that general concept uh, I mentioned to you a while ago is this. We're at a halfway point of the regular season. Way out in front, the number one team in the National Hockey League is the Tampa Bay Lightning. And halfway through, they are 16th in goals against average. Mm. So they can score their way out of trouble. And that, but I, that's, again, I didn't know if the, the numbers bore out what I was talking about, but if there's a better example, I don't know if you're going to find it right there. Another young player cracking the lineup this year is Austin Wagner. Um, he's somewhat like Luff in that he's got one sort of, you know, skill that, that sets him apart. What are the likely chances you think that Luff and Wagner are able to round out the rest of their games Wagner obviously his speed is what uh, earned him his his reputation how difficult will it be for him to complete the rest of his game built around that speed well I think throughout his career he has gotten by with his speed mm-hmm. at other levels the goaltending has probably not been as good so the finishing aspect was a little bit higher when it gets to the NHL I think we all realize Matt does too. Sometimes you're going too fast. So 
I think he's learning it, he's trying to learn it, is this. Use the speed to gain separation. But once you get separation, you slow down. Because sometimes the feet can go too fast for the hands. And I think that's probably a, you know, Austin's a issue throughout his entire career. Having said that, I don't think there's anything wrong with a fourth-line winner who scores seven or eight goals a year but has the speed that Wagner has and just makes the other team feel uncomfortable every once in a while because he's breathing down your neck. Or when he takes off out of the zone, you do have to back out of the zone because if you don't, you're not going to catch him. If he does find a way to hone that finishing ability, you know, you're talking about a 20-goal scorer. But he has not done that, and, I, you know, that's still – the jury's still out on that one. But I still think he can play in the NHL. He doesn't have to be a 20-goal scorer. He can be a 7-goal scorer and still be effective on a fourth line with an NHL that needs speed. He, he reminds me of the kind of player that would show up on uh, Andy Murray's quote-unquote energy lines. You know, they were, they were small, they were fast, but they were effective. And, you know, I think uh, talking to Austin, and we saw it there recently where you know, he went after, uh, you know, someone who went after Jonathan Quick. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that he has that. I talked to him about it. He has that mentality. He has that, you know, Western hockey league, let's grind it out, let's grit it out, let's go. Uh, again, that's not a big part of the game anymore. But it's nice to know. It's nice to know <laughs> that in the back of your mind that he's the type of guy that would have that too. Uh, but, yeah, um, just just get it going. Just keep the speed going. Uh, again, you know, Vegas Golden Knights. I don't think William Carrier is going to score, you know, 25 goals. Uh, but is he a factor? Yes, because he's fast. And that makes him a very effective player. Shifting from the youth to one of the veterans, uh, Dustin Brown had a, a huge comeback season last year. And I think a lot of people heading into this year were curious to see if he'd regress or if he would be able to uh, maintain that pace. I think he's been one of the Kings' best forwards since coming back from injury. What, what can you say about the season Brown's having? Well, I'm going to first of all start with the uh, entire body of work. Uh, I mentioned it recently on the air, and there's going to be some numbers up in the rafters because of this this crew, this this group, the two-time Stanley Cup champions. Who who you know? Let's hope more, but the run they had. Uh, Dustin Brown, to me, I, you know, I have a respect for, for all those guys, but no one more than Dustin uh, because of how he started his NHL career, the way he approaches the game, the way he plays the game with that physicality. Uh, again, that's gone away, but it has from the rest of the – they don't want you to hit anymore. You know, right. Yes, you have to go in and hit and separate and create and lose pucks. And, but the pace of the game no longer – puts a high priority on finishing checks. It puts it on, keep going. Uh, but then his finishing ability, uh, you know, in all honesty, having the captaincy taken away and then coming back and, and being a true professional. And then what he did last year and then into this year, uh, I, I have an, just right through the top I've been talking about respect. So, uh, you know, one, on one hand you say you expect it because he's done it for so many years. And on the other hand, you applaud him because he keeps doing it. Drew Doughty was named to the All-Star game earlier today, but I honestly felt like Dustin Brown could just as easily have been named to that team. And I felt like it would have been a nice nod to all the things that you just mentioned about his career. Um, do you see any sign of him slowing down at all, or, or are we going to get to enjoy a few more seasons of, of peak Dustin Brown? 
Yeah, I think uh, I think he has really applied the modern technology as far as fitness and preparation and getting into shape and body type and all of that. I think he's really taken some steps, and I think, yeah, I think he has an eye on that as far as making sure that he's going to be as efficient as possible. And uh, I think that's something that he, should, again, should be applauded for because I know he's gone throughout his school. When he was, uh, you know, that wrecking ball guy, he had a little bit more mass. He had a little bit more bulk. Uh, but now with today's game, you know, he's a little bit uh, thinner and uh, faster and keep going that way. So that's that's what you want. Uh, and, and if I can, uh, my selection would have been Jake Muzzin uh, for the Kings. Now, mm-hmm. uh, consistency throughout the entire year at a high level. Uh, having said that, you know, when Drew's on his game, no one is as good as Drew, certainly on the Kings. And he's top three in the NHL. I mean, he just keeps proving that. But he had a real difficult start. Uh, for the first time in his career, he struggled with confidence. and It affected his game. Uh, maybe trying to do too much because uh, things were not working well as a group. Uh, but, you know, that's why I go to Jake. But uh, we, we all understand, and I have no problem whatsoever that it's Drew Doughty. I think the NHL, it's an all-star game. It's an exhibition. It's for sponsors. It's for fans. They want recognizable names. Uh, Dustin Brown should be in that category. He would have fit that category, uh, but uh, we'll send Drew on his way and uh, he'll uh, make the Kings proud. So I've been asking a bunch of people. Obviously, the season didn't go according to plan, but there's no there's no point dwelling in that. So the question is then, with 41 games left on the schedule, what does success look like to you moving forward? Well, to me, it depends on the Kings' management decision to rebuild, retool, or maybe just keep the core and, you know, just fill in pieces. Uh, That will be a big part of how I would analyze uh, the rest of the season based on expectations. Uh, So we don't know that yet. And I would then now just pinpoint and look at every single young player some of the guys we've discussed already and how they are maturing and try to, if I can, and this is part of my you know, preparation for the game and looking at each game individually. And that's, that's a challenge for us too. You know, you know, Alex and I are part of this. We're, we're not separate from it. We have to suffer too. And we should, you know, we're part of the group. Uh, but I, I'm going to do, I'm going to take it one game at a time. I'm not pretending that the first half of the season didn't happen. Uh, we know where the Kings are, but does that mean, you know, we're going to dwell on it every single game? No, if the Kings play a good game, we're going to say they play a good game. If a player plays a good game, yeah, you know, we wish it would have been earlier and, and more, but so far that hasn't been the case. But I'm going to try to get in my mind an idea of the ceiling of the young players, meaning at their best, in their prime, where would they fit into a lineup? And would that lineup have a chance to contend for a Stanley Cup? So, again, a lot of questions have to be answered before we get there. But uh, I think that's a great question you're asking me. I think it's, it will be a challenge to just try to figure out. You know, we can see a guy like Sean Walker come in. But, you know, this is his first look at the NHL. This is the NHL's first look at him. As he matures, as he grows, he gets to learn the league. As his skill set, you know, gets defined a little bit more. What will be his ceiling? 
And I think I'll do that for five, six, maybe seven, eight players uh, the rest of the season. Going off script for just a second here, to your point about trying to anticipate what a player's career ceiling is, I find myself going through the same cycle with Adrian Kempe. I, I forget that he's so young. I forget that his, you know, his minutes and his and his deployment is not that of an Andre Kopitar or a Jeff Carter. And I find myself sort of going through this loop of, oh, man, why isn't he, you know, a 25 goal scorer to then going, oh, right, of course, he's 21. He's a third line center. Um, what do you think a reasonable set of expectations for Kempe is now that we've had, you know, a year and a half to two years of watching him play at the NHL level while keeping in mind that he is incredibly young? I'll be blunt. I'll be very blunt. On a non-contending team, second-line center. On a contending Stanley Cup team, third-line center. And a third-line center that will make you take him every single shift and have to adjust to his game because he's going to throw speed at you. He's going to throw physicality at you. He's going to keep coming. He's going to work hard. A lot of things that we're talking about right now with Adrian will depend on whether he can get to a 50-50 situation in face-offs. If he can get to 50%, then a lot of things we're talking about probably can't come true. But I'm trying to look around the rest of the team that would be around him. Uh, you know, not too long ago on the air, I was talking with Jared Stoll, pregame show, third-line center on a Stanley Cup championship team. I think Adrian Kempe could be that guy. Because, again, as we're going through the lines and, you know, as you drop off nowadays into your bottom six, bottom six still means speed. And Adrian could be an outstanding bottom six centerman, third-line center with all that speed and that size. I think that would be a perfect fit on a contending team. Well, I appreciate your time as always, Jim. Thanks very much. My pleasure, Jesse. Happy New Year again. <laughs> we'll see you back at Staples Center.